Yo, 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 what's up, guys? What's pop, locking and dropping? It's your girl, Soze Rose, and we're back with another episode on Talks and Thoughts with Soze. So I know I've been a little bit MIA, you know, <laughs> but I feel like this episode is going to explain why I've been so MIA, and I apologize. First things first, I apologize for not consistently dropping content. It's just the life I live, time management is key. And that's a key I don't have. <laughs> so, yeah, but we we are out here. We're out here doing the things that need to be done and making the pots turn or whatever the fuck that saying is about pots and things that need to be done with the pots yeah so i bet you've all been if you haven't you've been seeing a lot about the slut shame walk and what is the slut shame walk is it a bunch of hoes is it a bunch of sluts is it a bunch of slay queens um those are just examples of things i've heard when people hear the name slut shame walk passionate about women issues women's rights women anything really and i just believe that in namibia i haven't truly seen any real feminism amongst women this is not any disrespect to all the other organizations that have been there before such as sister namibia doing the lord's work no 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 i mean just as us women i feel like we do not really have feminism within us. We do not have a culture of embracing womanhood through through sisterhood. And I believe that I wanted to create a space that is safe for women, a space that encourages womanhood, a space where women will not feel ashamed, not be judged, but they will be supported and people will believe them when they share their experiences and their stories of what it's like to be a woman and more specifically what it's like to be a woman in Namibia and it's for me it's quite ironic because Namibia is in the top 10 of African countries where it's the best place to be a woman but I find it so freaking ironic because we are just still suffering and I feel like that's what people don't understand you see you just see women right now you don't know what happened before you don't even know why feminism started or women's rights and you know feminism goes so back and it goes all the way back to a time where women had absolutely zero rights to vote like just because i was born with a vagina i couldn't vote i couldn't drive a car i couldn't work i didn't get paid for work if i did work which was freaking rare a basic human right for women 
It wasn't there before. It was taken away from us because we were women. And that's how male privilege comes into play because men have always had the things that they want acquitted to them, given to them. However, with women, we basically had to freaking fight for every single right that we have right now and the rest we're still fighting for. Even education we fought for. I mean, guys, you guys you guys don't understand. And that's why I believe in Namibia we lack this so heavily. A space for women to talk, a space for women to celebrate each other, a space for women to really, really, really be together. Because yes, we have a thirty five percent representation of women in in top positions, but that's just thirty five. And usually these women are pygmies, they're patriarchy's princesses because they know what it's like to be a woman. They know what we go through, but they don't use the privilege that they got to have a seat at the table with the men to bring in more women. It's more of a thing of, okay, I made it, so I'm going to keep this block safe for me because I made it. Whereas when you are privileged in something, you need to use that privilege to help the disadvantaged gain more recognition or give opportunity to the disadvantaged, make their lives better in somewhat within your privilege. And for me, what a lot of people don't understand is that within your privilege, you are not taking away your privilege within the privilege. You're just helping somebody else with your privilege. And that's what white privileged people don't get. That's what male privileged men don't get. That's what patriarchy's princesses don't get. Because they have privilege and they are not the ones suffering and they made it, it's easy to preach, nah, just work harder, just do this, because you made it. However, the whole point of this whole life thing or this leadership thing is to make a platform for more people to get on board. And that's what most people with privilege don't do. Like, you know, sometimes people are like, oh my God, white privilege is the gutter, but I feel like male privilege is the ghetto gutter. With racism, you're just fighting a race, you know, like, you know, you're fighting racism. However, <laughs> when it comes to gender issues and, and sexism and all of that, you're the male privilege is the absolute ghetto gutter. Because as much as a nigga can be educated, he will still be a misogynist. He will still be sexist as fuck. And this guy will be educated as fuck. And he will break down the institutionalized racism in the system and all of that. But just ask him. Just ask him. Is a woman at fault for her wearing her clothes? And this guy is literally going to give you the most dumbest answer and say, yes, she's at fault. <laughs> I'm someone that likes to interact with people. I mean, it's the only way I gain content. It's the only way I get to know what everyone is thinking because i mean i don't live in a world alone i live in a world with other people and unfortunately we need to adapt to other people we need to make sure that everybody lives in harmony women are still fighting for educational rights women are still fighting to drive women are still fighting for healthcare and all of these things in 2019 not every woman is free and that's what we need to understand not every woman is free but every man is free because he was born free. But a woman wasn't born free. We were born in chains. Hit me!
Almost every week, there was an article of a woman being killed by her boyfriend. Or if she wasn't being killed, she's being raped. And if it's not a woman, it's a child. I'm just fucking tired. I'm fed up. I'm fucking tired of reading this shit. I'm fucking tired of the media reporting victim blaming like that. I'm just, I'm just tired. And I decided, nah, it's time. I want to enter this space. I want to help women. I want us to free ourselves from the deep conditioning of patriarchy. I want the pygmies to unpick themselves. I want, jeez, man, I just want sisterhood, womanhood, and a beautiful culture. And more so, I was tired of reading about all the sexual assault. Like, I, w- I was just done. As someone who has a close friend who was raped, as I said in the other episode number four, Blue Tick, I explained that my friend was raped by her. My friend, who's not my friend anymore because I, I can't be friends with a rapist. I have been following Amber Rose's Slut Walk since 2012. And it's been an amazing development for sexual assault victims. And I feel like we also need that. We need a safe space for sexually assaulted victims because we do not have that. The justice system isn't safe for them. The popo ain't even sympathetic towards them. It's just they don't offer this counseling. They don't offer jack shit to these victims of sexual assault. I believe in Namibia we victim blame a shitload. And I was like, you know what? It's time. It's time. That's why I decided I'm going to have a march. A woman's empowerment march in the sense that, as you know, about 86% of sexually assaulted victims are women and children. And I was like, okay. And most of the time, they're they're victim blamed for the way they dress. And I'm like, nah, this ain't it. We're going to have a march. A march just like the slut walk, except ours is, is going to be the slut shame walk because there's a lot of shame in Namibia. Women have slut shamed each other because we've all experienced slut shaming in one way or another. We're taking the word slut back, guys. We're taking it back. I don't know if you remember, there was a time where we used to say slay queen to each other. And these men saw how much we embraced that term slay queen. Guys, it's positive. There's nothing negative in the word slay and there's nothing negative in the word queen. But these men took it from us and they said, you know what we're going to say? We're going to make slay queen a dumbass bitch that's just pretty as fuck. She ain't got nothing going for her. That's slay queen. Girls that love their lives, girls that own their shit, Girls that embrace themselves, those are slay queens. So basically, an independent woman is a slay queen. And more so, an independent woman that looks good. Because usually, when people think of independent woman, they want to think of a lady with 50 cats. Instead of a woman that's outside, drinking shampoo, popo on a fucking estate, with a motherfucking 22-inch wheel, looking good as fuck, with no man around her, because she don't need no man. Or the man is there and he's paying the bill and he's so far because, you know, he's maybe somewhere else and she's just... The point is, she's living her best life. Real hot girl shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my bag, but I'm in his too. <laughs> and that's why every time you see me, I got some new shoes. <laughs> they took that term from us and they made it negative. So fuck that. We're going to take the word slut and make it positive too. And a slut, literally, people only call women that own their sexualities, own their identities, own themselves, don't conform to society's construct of what a woman should be. And that is what people call a slut. When slay queen is used negatively, I cringe, you guys. I can't, I can't, 
I cringe. And it's just so funny because people have been called the slashy vocal slay queen walk. Close for all my nasty hoes, yeah. Come across the globe. Close for all my nasty hoes, yeah. Come across the globe. Look, I hollered at a few girls of mine, girls that I know personally and girls that I'm acquainted with. And girls that I see are very outspoken about women's rights, women's issues, etc. So I wanted this to be organized by millennials specifically because people always have so much smack to talk about millennials, about how we aren't doing anything, how we're lazy, how we're boring, how we're passive, how we're what and what and what. You know what I decided? I'm going to highlight my millennial slats and we're going to do this. We're going to have a march that celebrates ourselves. It was not easy like you think planning a march is easy because of the way it looks like psh, just a bunch of people walking down the street nah there's a whole ass process my nigga a whole process and i started off with nine girls as we went you know the name was controversial so as we kept going people didn't want to be associated with that no one wanted to fund us just giving us all these whack-ass excuses you know when someone owes you money or someone's broke and you find out they're broke by accident. Example, when the bill comes, that's literally the type of excuses we got. And I'm just like, okay. I wanted this just to be organized by women for women because that was the point of the march. But it was also for women to come together and celebrate and for their allies to celebrate too. And men that are not afraid to identify themselves as feminists because newsflash motherfucker it's lazy as fuck to say that men cannot identify themselves as feminists because feminism is not gender-based feminism is the fight for gender equality and we all know the oppressed gender is woman that does not mean you need to be a woman to fight for gender equality because you can also fight for the boy child such as boys can't cry blah 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 you can fight for all that shit and toxic masculinity blah 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 so anyways fuck you for spreading around that bullshit that men can't be feminists because they can it just means that you have to be on top of your game and you really have to unlearn a lot of toxicity. I like a lot of toxicity. Feminist, a person who believes in the social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. There are so many ways to be feminist. I mean, you can be a feminist and focus on the boy child about how the toxic masculinity has suppressed so much in them. Or you can focus on the woman empowerment. Like, geez, guys, there's a seat at the table for everybody, okay? So stop your fucking bullshit <laughs> we were three main committee members and two volunteers planning this slut shame walk and it was a success we had a photo shoot we had all these things and we had marketing on fleet it was hard though because we didn't have support we we really didn't have support the support we had was from a few women Overall, we didn't have support. We also had allies helping us with studios and things. So yeah, it was quite a process, but we finally did it. We got everything we needed. March is coming up and all of a sudden, people want to know what the slut walk is. People want us to take over IG stories. People are interested and I'm like, okay. I want 50 to 100 women at least. At least just give me that on the day of the march we got double the amount because just before we started marching we counted 150 heads people kept joining in the march people joined along and it was quite some fun guys it was a lot of fun and as our march with like breaks in between pauses because it was quite short as we were marching and we reached the end the energy was so 
high, you guys. The energy was so, so high. So <laughs> we decided, let's have a motherfucking twerk competition right here, right now. And Vivid Beauty would sponsor a face beat, a full face beat. Everybody went home and everyone enjoyed themselves. I genuinely saw everyone was enjoying themselves. Speaker, music, dancing, chanting. It was a vibe. I know it's only going to be better because we're going to have one every year. Every single year, we're going to have a slut shame walk. Regardless of what happens, we're going to have a slut shame walk. surprised by how many people came to the slut shame walk <laughs> people were shocked i could see and after that we got so much media coverage everyone was in support and i think it was good to see that except of course we had some media houses such as one africa that were pushing agendas but it's okay um, it's what comes with the game there will be those that celebrate you and those that try to bring you down and that's just the reality of life but only focus on those that celebrate you after that a lot of people wanted to have them another march blah 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 but we we had more things planned we want to have conferences we want we want to engage with the public and the universe just made that unfold naturally because after that more people were interested people wanted to work together people that didn't understand the cause people that gave us broke-ass excuses before for the cause all of a sudden want to be on this cause and it was just great to see how much positivity we received i mean of course we had backlash hella backlash but fuck that man like haters gonna hate potatoes gonna potate like there ain't nothing but a chicken wing to me man or should i say a winglet since we're out here calling wings winglets but anyways <laughs> if you know the such a walk we have a segment called name and shame because we believe that women deserve a space to share their story and name their perpetrator because Whenever someone names their perpetrator, we all of a sudden, we don't believe them. Because first we're like, name him, name him. And then when she dies, we're like, uh, oh, this is awkward. Niggas ain't real when the shit really count. That's why I keep my look at in their mouth. And this segment of our organization is basically where victims of sexual assault, anyone who has been sexually assaulted before, and they want to share their story. It can be private. It can be anonymous in the sense that if we share your story, it's anonymous. But it cannot be a fake account. It's a safe space for you to share your story because I believe there's power in sharing your story. And I've seen the power in sharing your story. It's actually happened because Kai shared the story of Kuda. And we as a Sachin Walk, 
we believe we should name it shame. So we shared the story too. And as soon as we shared Koda's story, it was like a ripple effect. There was power. That is the power I'm talking about. Someone's story empowered another woman to share the story. And that empowered another woman to share the story. And empowered another victim to share the story. And another victim to share the story. It was beautiful to see people come together and share stories and find power within each other. More than 10 girls came out with stories about Kuda, all the way from when he was in grade 8 and he's in university now. I mean, this guy has been on a predator journey. It's not exposing. That's what I want people to understand, especially men, because they feel like they're being exposed. They are not being exposed. This is a survivor sharing her story because she's never had a safe space to share her story. Or when she did share her stories, no one believed her and she didn't get their support. But now she can share her story with people that believe her and people that are going to support her. And she can name and shame because the truth is she's been living with shame. She's been living with a lot of shame. And that's why she's been suffering in silence because of the shame around sexually assaulted victims. And we're trying to take that away. I mean, if one in three women have been sexually assaulted before, what more do you need? We need to talk about it. We need to spread awareness. And there's power in numbers. Never, ever, ever forget that. There is power in numbers, guys. And that's what I saw. As people were sharing stories, more girls came out, guys came out, and they shared their stories too of how they've been sexually abused. Never, ever in my life have I seen social media not have men. The men were quiet. It's like they were too scared to tweet or something because they were scared that if they do tweet, then she'll remember her experience or something. It doesn't work like that, guys. She'll always remember her experience. Always. Whether you tweet or not, whether you go into hiding or not, she'll always remember. The silence was deafening, guys. Silence is an answer as much as you want to say it's not. It's an answer and it's quite deafening. Because we all know if they had to say something, they would probably be bringing the victims down. And it's quite funny because when one guy decided, nah, he's, he's gonna make a court case, etc. Then the men came out to play. And they were like, yeah, yeah, false accusations, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, so fuck all the 10 girls that just came out with their story. Let's stand by a man who claims to be falsely accused. What? And it's just quite interesting because we know worldwide, false accusation is approximately less than 5%. Don't quote me though. People need to understand this is not a time to judge. It's a time to listen. It's a time to reflect. It's a time to unlearn and relearn because we can all unlearn and relearn. I've unlearned and relearned. I'm not sitting here talking to you as the most perfect person in the world. Nah, I'm, I'm human. I make mistakes, but I learn through my mistakes. I have a mind. And what is a mind that can't change? I allow myself the opportunity to learn and unlearn and relearn. And it's difficult, but it can be done. And you're left off so much better compared to before. You can only get better in life, guys. Some choose to get worse, but ideally you're supposed to get better in life. You don't have to be like, because I learned this. Not everything we learn is right. I mean, you later on get to see in life that, oh, actually, this isn't right. After the naming and shaming, that's how Me Too Namibia formed. The office of the First Lady reached out to us and decided to form partners and form a Me Too Namibia. As a lot of the survivors were sharing their stories just under the simple two words Me Too. We got together and replaced a referral team so the survivors can come, share their stories with the Slut Shame Walk or Kai 
will offer you a counselor will offer you legal advice or if you just want to share your story and you don't want to do anything but you maybe want to talk to someone there's a safe space for you to come share your story for you to be heard for people to support and believe you and also for you to get help because that's very important now i mean if the justice system is going to continue failing us then we're going to take it into our own hands You know, I told you guys I'm going to keep it real with you. Since then, I've had alleged accusers threaten me. On the Slut Shame Walk page, we've had alleged perpetrators coming to threaten us, telling us, Kucha, if you share another story about me again, I'm going to hurt you in more ways than one. I mean, this intimidation, this instilling fear is disgusting. This wanting to bully the victim and people that are helping the victims. What the fuck? Like... Not only did you hurt the victim and you left them with a lifelong scar, now you want to fucking bully people that are trying to help them. What? Make it motherfucking make sense. Please. Because ain't no shit balancing here. Ain't no books balancing here. Ain't no motherfucking change up in this bitch of sensicles up in here. I went out recently for the first time. You know, I went to the club actually. And you know when cops come to the club and everyone looks at you... And then everyone looks at the club like, whoa, this is awkward. That's what happened to me. I got to the club. Usually, I'm not someone who experiences social anxiety. I rarely ever I really experience that. And that was, for me, the first time I generally experienced social anxiety. I came in, and there was just this wave of energy that hit me, guys. And I just became anxious. And I'm like, why am I anxious? And then I see a group of boys. And that's where the energy is coming from. If you know me, you know I'm very in tune with the energies that I pick up around me. And that was the energy that was coming from. And then later I see they talking to someone that I know, a guy that I know, and they send him. And they send him to come and tell me that I shouldn't come for them. I'm not coming for anyone, guys. But there's a process that we have where we verify the information the victims um, send us. No one is being come for. No one is being exposed as you guys take it. It's just simply... A space for victims or survivors to share their story and name and shame if they would like to in that process these boys are shaking they're shaking they send one of their homies that knows me well enough i guess just to come tell me not to fuck with them not to come for them they're crazy motherfuckers a whole threat guys <laughs> y'all chipping people are bored in the club because they can't sexually harass the girls anymore they can't grab their asses anymore people are scared <laughs> i guess you can call me the moral cop of vento be careful with me do you know what you're doing whose feelings that you're hurting and bruising and i feel like i'd rather live in a world where men are afraid to touch me instead of a world where men are entitled to touch me it's that simple guys it's that simple i'd rather live in a world where men are afraid to touch women than men who feel entitled to women. And we gonna start a motherfucking pussy riot. Or we gonna have to put them on a pussy diet. Look at that, I guarantee I got them quiet. Look at that, I guarantee they all inspire. Y'all know I'm a bulldog, man. So I'm just like, pfft. I've thought about this. I've thought about all this coming. And I feel like there's a bigger picture here. We're helping people here. And people need to just come on board and stop fighting it. Give people a safe space. Like, what the fuck? Like, why Why do you want to have everything? Why are you scared? Why are you so scared? Like, shake, bitch. Shake. Tick, 
TikTok, motherfucker. TikTok. If you're listening to this and you are a rape apologist or a rapist, an alleged rapist, I just want you to know that I'm not scared. I'm not scared. You're not going to instill fear within me. You're not going to intimidate me. I will not allow that. You are not going to stop me from having a safe space for survivors of sexually assaulted victims. You will not stop me from creating a culture that embraces womanhood through sisterhood. You will not stop me from continuing a movement that empowers women. You will not stop me from unlearning the deep conditioning pygmies have learned. You know, guys, I'm, I'm coming for every motherfucker. We're changing the mindset of a pygmy and we're making each and every single woman a fearless woman. We're done being fearful women. We are done being scared of the men. We're done being nice to the men just because we're scared it's going to kill us. Fuck that. We are done being bullied by fear. Stop. It's stop. Your guilt is showing. Your guilt is showing. It's disgusting. Your guilt is showing. Sending your homies to come talk to me. That is showing your motherfucking guilt. And now I know you're guilty as fuck. So you choose. Either you're going to shake and wait for the TikTok to run out. Or you're going to fucking change and join the right side of history. Okay? It's not too late to change, motherfucker. You're not a fucking stone. You have a mind. You're a human being. You can change. It's not too late really not too late i know you desperate for a change let the pen glide but the only real change come from inside but the only real change come from inside i recently did a speech for nast on their me to namibia panel dialogue i just like to read it to you because i believe it really makes us understand victim blaming more and hopefully it will help you reflect and think about it too you should be more careful these five simple words sound so innocent and caring. I'm sure every single one of us in this room today, at some point in our lives, have said these five simple words to someone, a victim, when they shared an experience with us. That is called victim blaming. So if you are listening right now with a strong stance that you don't know what victim blaming is or you haven't done it, trust me when I say you're wrong. This is a practice so deeply embedded within us that if we do not address it, it will never change. Victim blaming is a practice of partly or wholly holding the victim accountable for her or his misfortunes. It is a shift of responsibility from the perpetrator to the victim because it is implying that the victim is somehow at fault for what has happened. This allows rape culture to continue thriving in a society through silencing the victim and turning a blind eye to the perpetrator and ultimately focusing on what the victim has done to provoke the perpetrator. Firstly, I blame the term innocent until proven guilty. When it comes to victims of sexual assault, this is because when someone is accused of rape, the victim must prove that the perpetrator is guilty. Hence, when survivors were naming and shaming their abusers through sharing their stories, a reoccurring action was, you know rape is a serious accusation, instead of rape is a serious crime and we need to stop, listen and change. Often, people respond to stories of anonymous perpetrators with name and shame. But once this is done, 
we begin to doubt the victim and shift blame because I know him and he would never do that. Or Johnny's a nice guy. She probably provoked him. The fact that there is a general lack of trust in the victim allows rape culture to continue thriving as we choose to believe the accused is innocent, especially when we know them personally. Secondly, when one does not make use of the rape kit, there is an increased difficulty of finding proof and eventually the victim withdraws the case. However, most people do not understand the intensive invasive procedure of a rape kit. A rape kit, also known as a sexual assault forensic exam, should be done within 72 hours of the rape. The victim should avoid bathing, changing clothes, urinating, combing hair, etc. as this may tamper with the DNA evidence. The rape kit is done at the hospital without needing to go to the police station first and can last up to four hours, sometimes even longer. Everything is tested from the clothes, blood, saliva, genitalia, hair, etc. But you can stop or skip a step at any point of the procedure. The rape kit is insensitive to the victim of assault because the body is treated like a crime scene. There is no regard for the psychological aspect rape has on a victim with regards to expecting them to do a rape kit within 72 hours. People are often too quick to say, why didn't you report it? But imagine having to relive the rape incident many times throughout the court case, let alone within 72 hours of the rape. Thus, rape cases often get withdrawn due to these 10 most common causes identified through intensive research done by LIC in Namibia. 1. The woman received compensation. 2. The woman was pressured by her family to withdraw the case. 3. The woman feels ashamed that she was raped. 4. The rapist physically threatened the woman to withdraw her case. 5. The timetable for the persecution for a rape case is too long. 6. The woman feels she has insufficient evidence to win her case. 7. The woman lacks the necessary information. 8. The rapist occupies a position of status in the community. 9. The woman was bribed to withdraw her case. And 10. The woman is in position of financial distress. Moreover, the first few reactions to stories of sexual assault from society, aka us, are What were you wearing? Why were you out so late? Why did you provoke him? You weren't supposed to be that drunk. You should have known better. You know how dangerous it is out there. I could go on the whole podcast reciting the different phrases used to victim blame, but I'm pretty sure you get the point by now. We live in a world where we diagnose symptoms, victims, instead of finding ways to cure the disease, perpetrators. For example, we tell women not to go out late, police how they dress, teach them to respond nicely to men so we don't aggravate them, never walk alone, etc. In 2013, women came together in protest of General Sebastian Daitunga when he stated that dressing alluring will provoke rape and women should not wear miniskirts as it is short and revealing, and some leaders agreed with him. On the contrary, when the late Magdalena Stoffels was raped and murdered in a riverbed on her way to school in 2010, she was dressed in her school uniform. It was during broad daylight, and she had no intention of provoking rape unto her on her way to school. Does this mean that we should ban school uniforms? Women should never leave the house? The ugly truth is that by victim blaming, you avoid admitting that something just as unthinkable could happen to you, even if you do everything right. According to the UN, 3.8 million teenage girls between the ages of 11 and 15 years old experience breast ironing. This act is flattening the breasts of young girls with a hot iron rod or a stone as soon as their breasts begin to perk during puberty. 
This is a harmful practice to make girls less attractive in hopes to deter rapists and sexual attention from men. The effects of breast ironing are breast cancer, failure in breast development, and complications with breastfeeding. All these effects affect potential victims, but none of these effects affect potential perpetrators. This is a temporary solution to a permanent problem because it only affects potential victims, but it does not reduce the number of potential perpetrators, i.e. dealing with the symptom and not the disease. In response to the late Stoffel's rape and murder, a bridge was built to try and prevent incidences in the riverbed. So basically, we built a bridge to get over it, which is another temporary solution to a permanent problem. Toxic masculinity has allowed statements about men, including perpetrators of violence, to be framed around the belief boys will be boys or men cannot control themselves. This is a lazy excuse and promotes rape culture because boys can misbehave because of their hormones. Newsflash, we all have hormones. You are not that special and you can control yourself and you can hold yourself accountable too. Victim blaming causes the victim to suffer in silence. We have created a space that is safe for the alleged perpetrator but not the victim. When the late Maya Angela was raped by her mother's boyfriend at the age of 8 years old, she did not speak for the next 5 years of her life because she believed that the fact that she had identified her rapist is what got him killed after being released from jail for a day. Self-blame is one of the first reactions victims have because we have been raised to somehow believe if we do not follow the necessary procedures to avoid being raped, then it was our fault for being raped. According to Martin, in addition to being unjust, blaming victims shows a lack of compassion or by disregarding victims' suffering and by imposing additional suffering, criticizing the innocence, thus making it difficult to speak out and heal. Also, gender inequality fuels the stigmatization of rape as a shame, shameful thing and breeds a culture of silence amongst the victims and their families. It pervades traditional practice and can be seen in exchanging a small sum of money or livestock as compensation for rape. Although compensation may be a legitimate response to rape in terms of customary law, the way that specific compensation is arranged in many communities today amounts to bribery, coercion and converts a woman's right to sexual autonomy into a property right which is controlled by male members of her family just like in the case of the late Maya Angelou. We are quick to either silence a victim or go after the abuser leaving the victim with absolutely no support. This makes it difficult for a person to talk openly about what has happened to them. To support, to be supported in his or her recovery and to process a myriad of emotions. It can also make it less likely a person will seek psychological treatment to address issues such as depression and post-traumatic stress disorder that may result from being abused. One in three women in Namibia between the ages of 15 and 49 have been sexually assaulted before and 15% of the Namibian women who have experienced violence have never sought help or told anyone about the violence. Furthermore, the Chief Inspector Catherine Waulalu from Gender-Based Violent Division of the Namibian Police informed the public that, that there are more than 72,000 gender-based cases that were reported between 2016 and 2018, bringing the average to around 66 cases daily. Between 1 January and 28 February this year, the police say that 438 cases of gender-based violence were reported. 164 were attended to and not opened, 
208 incidents of emotional abuse and 206 cases of physical abuse and 144 cases of economic abuse. Those are high numbers for a small population like Namibia. Gender-based violence is a serious problem in Namibia, but we have romanticized it by calling it passion killing when there is no passion in murder. We should stop using soft words to hide the ugly truth. We need to start calling it entitlement killing because these men feel entitled to the point they murder their girlfriends. The use of the term passion killing silences victims because it makes it okay to murder for love, but we all know love isn't supposed to cause any harm. However, in Namibia, 29.5% of young men agree that husbands can beat their wives and 24% of young women agree that it is a practice used to discipline the woman and it is done out of love. The silencing of victims allows perpetrators to thrive and continue hurting more people. This is evident because through naming alleged perpetrators, more victims came out and shared their stories through the simple words, me too. Some victims weren't even aware they were molested as children until they read other survivors' stories. Silence is the best friend of rape culture because without awareness, no change can be done. Toxic masculinity further promotes silencing victims as male victims are hesitant to share their story because they get teased and shamed because a real man cannot be a victim, which is a lie. Anyone can be a victim of assault, irrespective of your gender or sexual orientation. It is incredibly difficult to just speak out when society continues to bully the victim to remain silent. Nuzat Rafi, a 19-year-old Bangladesh girl, was burned to death at school after reporting her headmaster for sexual harassment last month. These tactics only make victims more scared to come out as their lives are constantly threatened by alleged perpetrators, family members, friends, or even fans. Therefore, platforms such as the Slut Shame Walk exist to end victim blaming. We are creating a safe space for victims to share their stories, seek psychological and legal advice, and empower another survivor because you are not alone. We believe there is power in sharing your story because it gives power to another survivor. We are removing the shame victims feel because of how society reacts to them. UNESCO offers intensive sex education around Namibia because we lack this abundantly in our education system. White River Namibia is redefining masculinity for Namibian men and freeing them from toxicity that has been embedded in masculinity for so long. These are a few examples of how we all need to work together to make Me Too Namibia a great success and be the change we want to see through awareness and education. Each time a woman stands up for herself, without knowing it, without claiming it, she stands up for all women. Thank you to Fatima, Venetia, and Arlana who are the other three committee members of the Slut Shame Walk Org. We have had approximately 100 survivors share their stories with us. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for empowering another survivor. And thank you for not being scared anymore. Growing up in real time, man, we looking real fine. Oh, YG, this is real life, and I take my damn time. I'm not about that fiction, awkward cause I'm real, bitch. And I do what I want, never answer now one. Robbies on my playlist, you know I don't place this. on the shoulder, ready for me blessings. I don't want your questions, y'all are just so phony. You don't get to know me, stop selling your religion. Get out of the system, let me spit you real facts. I don't even do rap, but I see the tech, tick to get you. Relapse, you say that you're lost, but you gave yourself up. Now there's no one to trust. Man, what the fuck? Block off, block off.